Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast. Thank you for being here. This is going to be a really cool episode today because uh, this is uh, Matt Petruso uh, is a guy that I've met through the Ty Lopez Business Builder Mastermind Group. So I, I've been following Ty Lopez for several years now. That's T-A-I Lopez. If you've never heard about him, check it out. If you have heard of him, you probably know about him and what he does. But we, I'm in this mastermind program that he has. There's about 100 of us. And Matt's another member of this program. And it's kind of bringing together people with like mindsets who want to work and grow together and, and change their lives. And that's what Matt has done throughout his life. That's what his life is about. And he's got a really cool story and he's got a really cool mindset. I love talking about mindset. I love talking about morning routines and, and finding out how other people live their life uh, to the fullest. And that's what this podcast has become now. You know, be your own teacher. Be that teacher that you always needed, learning through other people. And uh, this is going to be a great example of that. So Matthew Petruso, he's a life and business coach, president of Benefit Advisors Insurance Group, started that by himself. And it's huge, grown it to incredible proportions. He's done incredible things with this business. Uh, president of Petruso Properties, founder of the Medicare Mentors, and author of Medicare Made to Order. So don't think like this is going to be an insurance talk or a Medicare talk. It's not. It's more about him, his life, his mindset, and how he lives it because I find that to be super interesting and very important to learn from. So hopefully you get something powerful out of this episode. If you're looking for something powerful to change your body, change your life, I'm a huge fan of DDP yoga. I'm a big fan of yoga in general, uh, but DDP yoga is especially effective, at least uh, from my own personal experience. I've been using it now for over three years, transformed my body, transformed uh, just my mobility, how I feel in the mornings, how I feel in the evenings, powerful stuff. Uh, if you want to find out the full details, I can't, the words won't do it justice. Go to ddpyoga.com, find it out for yourself, what it's all about. And also, I'm a big fan of float tanks. I love uh, getting in 2,000 pounds of magnesium sulfate. <laughs> it's like floating in the Dead Sea. Do you ever see the Dead Sea where like they can kind of just float, uh, you know, weightless in the water? That's what a float tank is, but it's also sensory deprivation, so you can't see. Uh, the water is the same temp as your skin, so you can't really tell where your your hand ends and the water begins. Uh, you know, it, and it, it's it's really to get you into a, a calm, meditative state. And a lot of us. I'd say probably all of us need that in our lives more than ever. I know I do, and even if you deny it, I know you probably do as well. And it puts you in a different place. Uh, it puts your, your mind in a place it's never been to before. Your mind's used to having all these inputs come in. It takes away those inputs. So I'd highly suggest checking out a float tank. If you're in the central Pennsylvania area, check out LHTA Wellness Center. They're in Evansburg, in the Evansburg Mini Mall, the LHTA Wellness Center. Find them on Facebook, and let's get into this episode. I'm super stoked about this one. This is Rob Z Radio. We know each other through Ty Lopez, through the uh, the Business Builder Mastermind program. We're, we're both a part of that program. And I'm just curious, because I've never really heard your full story myself, personally. Uh, just a brief introduction to you. Uh, where you're at right now in your life, what you've grown, uh, you know, because you've obviously been doing some pretty awesome stuff lately, and I'd like to just hear kind of your your rendition of, of your story up until now. All right, yeah, so I kind of, I, I like to call myself a, a late-blooming entrepreneur, <laughs> and uh, because most people will tell you that, you know, you know they were selling uh, newspapers or lemonade early on, and I was actually kind of lazy. I didn't really do much in, in high school. I just played some sports and, um, and then when I barely got into college, I uh, went to college, didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
And then when I got out of school, um, I kind of still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I started working for like, I started working for an oil and gas company actually. And the oil and gas company was just a terrible job. Like I hated it every single day. And I was trying to like, man, I, I can't do this anymore. So on nights and weekends, I started studying for the insurance exam because I knew that my dad sold insurance. And literally the only thing I knew about what my dad did was he was home every day when I got home from school at like 3.30. So I'm like, man, I gotta, I'm got i working out to like five or six. I'm like, I want to be home at 3.30, yeah. right? So that's literally all I ever knew about what he did. So I was assuming I was going to pass my test and, you know, come to my dad and say, hey, I passed my test. And he'd be so excited and he'd tell me to quit my job and, you know, everything would be roses, right? Yeah. So I actually did end up passing my test for the insurance exam first time. But when I went to tell my dad, he actually didn't want me to quit my job and come work for him because he's like, hey, you, you know, you have school, you have some school debt, you know, you got some loans and, you know, you have a safe, secure job. You know, I don't want you to go through the heartache that I had to go through. And I'm like, oh, I was kind of heartbroken at that point. So I had to go back to work and I took his advice and, you know, I kept working there for a little while and I ended up actually getting a promotion um, and they were going to move me out to Denver, Colorado. So I start telling everybody that, Hey, I'm moving to Denver. I got this big promotion. I think I'm kind of, you know, big time now, even though I hate the job. Right. And literally a week before I am about to move out to Denver, I get fired (laughs) and just out of the blue. Yeah. So out of the blue, I'm like, Oh my God. So now like I feel ashamed, you know, like I just, I literally just bought a new car, you know, I had, you know, this, this, this new promotion, all this fun stuff. I told everybody I was moving, I was big time. And then I'm like, well, now I have no job. So I had to actually move back in with my dad and my dad kind of saw my pain and he was like, all right, you know, you're going to come work for me, but I'm not going to treat you any differently. Right. And he was a very accomplished insurance salesman that I didn't really know. I just knew he, he did okay. But, you know, I ended up finding out he was like the master guru. So, uh, and he hands me a book and it was called the Med, it said Medicare and you on it. And I go, I go, what's Medicare? He goes, that's, that's what we sell. We sell Medicare health insurance. And I had no idea what Medicare even was. And basically what Medicare is, is is the health insurance for senior citizens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I I, I didn't even know what it was, right? So I read this book and I, you know, ended up training with my dad for a couple of weeks and seeing what he did. And then over the next couple of years, um, I became pretty good, obviously learning from him. And, you know, I, I built up a pretty good book of business. And by the time I was like 25 or 26, I started to realize that I didn't want to work for, you know, the agency that my dad was working for. He didn't actually own his own agency. He just was a manager for another agency. And I, I, you know, I did some research and I found out that I was kind of getting, you know, taken advantage of. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go out and start my own thing. So I ended up leaving the insurance agency at this, at that point. And I lost all of the clients that I built up over the last four years. So I had to start all over again at, at 26. And luckily at this point, you know, I had been pretty smart with my money and I bought a few rental properties and things like that. So I was fortunate enough. I was in a good position where I could kind of lose that renewal income that I had coming in from all my clients. Um, But I started my own agency at at 26 and, you know, kind of over the last five years, I've built up a pretty good business here. I have uh, three guys that work for me um, and, 
but I think I've been in this new transition period of my life where, you know, unfortunately my father last year in 2017 was actually killed in a motorcycle accident and he was only 57 years old. Yeah. He's only 57 years old. And, and, you know, I kind of went through this dark period of my time, my life, you know, even though I had the success, this money, whatever it may be. And I, I was kind of lost and I was lost because I lost my mentor, but I didn't know him as a mentor. I just knew him as my father. Right. And, you know, I kind of went into, into this fog and luckily I found Ty and I found a lot of other guys that I was able to kind of connect with. And I kind of, I, I kind of refound my purpose and my purpose wasn't ever being a better salesman than my dad. You know, like my dad was the best. I, I could literally, when I would work for the agency every year, I would come in as number two behind my dad and I was never close. And like, I, I never could come, I could never come close to him because he was just phenomenal. And my goal, I found, I was like, I, I never wanted to be the best insurance agent. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty good and I know how to do it. And I get more passion out of actually helping, you know, people create a, a business for themselves, actually creating their own, ins- you know, successful insurance business. So, you know, I know the steps, I know how I've helped people uh, create their own success doing this. And I think that's where I'm more passionate about. And, you know, that's what we talked about recently that I actually got asked by, you know, Ty and uh, their company knowledge society to actually come out to LA and, and film a video on how to actually create a successful insurance business. Uh, and it's, it was a really, really uh, unique opportunity and I'm excited to kind of keep going down that path because that's something I'm, I'm very passionate about right now. Yeah, man, that's incredible. The fact that you got to be a part of Knowledge Society and film those videos. If anybody doesn't know who's listening to this or watching this, uh, Ty Lopez, T-A-I, Ty Lopez. Look him up online. You can find out everything about him. Um, I don't know where you started off with Ty, but I started off with the 67 Steps probably about four years ago this past October, right? So, I mean, so it's been about four years since I went through the 67 Steps and went through uh, his uh, SMMA program and the, the Millionaire Mentor program and now on this Business Mastermind. But he really has a catalog of courses Mm-hmm. Um, amongst the other things that he does that he makes uh, a, a ton of money on, he has these courses really to help people, whether they're in real estate, whether they're in insurance, whether they're in social media and e-commerce uh, and cryptocurrency. There's a bunch of different courses he teaches along with experts, which is why he brought you on as uh, an expert in the in insurance agency and the insurance world that, that you built your own your own business uh, unto yourself, you know, to help other people really uh, p- learn practically instead of the old way the school system taught you know, the old way of teaching, reading exactly. books and, and going through and learning from somebody who just teaches it and doesn't actually do it. Like you get to learn from people who actually have done it mm-hmm. and have been very successful. So yeah, I, I think it's incredible um, that just the the bulk of work he's put together and the fact that you're getting to do this, that means you're on another level at this point in time, that you're out there actually doing that. Now, I, I, I find it totally, I, I love the fact that you started this off by saying you were a late blooming entrepreneur because I was too. Same situation, man. Um, and I was in radio for a long time and, uh, not that I didn't love radio cause I actually got back into it now, but on my own terms. Uh, but the, the, the fact that what, what, what gave you that kickstart? I guess your dad was a big piece of that, you know, being your mentor and kind of guiding you along. But, uh, even in that sense, like you could have ended up working in insurance, working for somebody else your whole life. What gave you 
that uh, spark, that momentum to start your own thing and to go through and figure all that out. Because that's a step that a lot of people are usually not willing to take uh, or too afraid to take or feel like they've uh, gone too far along in their life to actually jump and make that leap and, and make that huge transition. So mm-hmm. like, what was that inside of you that had you do that? Yeah, so I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately, just kind of retracing my path and, and looking at what happened in my path that kind of triggered me to do that. And that is a great question because I know there's a lot of people that kind of get stuck. And, and what I think it is, it, it all comes down to the belief in them, themselves. And I when I trace this back to my life and when I was growing up, my father was actually an alcoholic for the first like 15 years of my life. And, you know, that's, that's pretty, you know, a turning point in a lot of kids' lives, especially as a male, when you're 15, 16 years old, that's when people are starting to, you know, start smoking weed and drinking beer, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw the pain, I saw the pain that went through for my family that, you know, my dad was ended up being so, you know, getting sober for the last 15 years of my life. And, you know, he really changed his life around, but I saw at a young age that like he was not drinking to, you know, feel better. He was drinking to kind of get away from the pain. And I kind of made a decision in my life that I'm not going to be this person. So I never, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke or anything like that. And that kind of at an early age, I didn't know that that this was doing this to me, but I became obsessed with doing things that most people won't do. Right. So like the things that people don't, don't want to do, I actually get a high and I'm obsessed off of doing those things, you know? So like, that's my obsession. Like when people go out and drink, people go out and, you know, like that's why I work out a ton. You know, I, I literally, I have a crazy routine and, and I actually get a kick out of it when people tell me how crazy I am for what I do. Like I wake up at four o'clock in the, you know, like I literally do. I, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, I take a cold shower, then I go to the gym, you know, do all this type of stuff. And, like people are like, man, that's crazy. I can never do that. And every time somebody says that, it's like a fuel. It's a fuel for yeah. me. And, you know, it's like it's, it's all tied to my identity, you know, and it, it's such a mindset because whenever you're whenever you're at a, a point where you don't want to grow because you're in this comfort zone and it's all based upon the identity that you built for yourself. And I started doing the things that built my identity that I'm this, this person that does things that most people don't do. Mm-hmm. And I think before most people take these leaps, you know, they don't look internal to themselves of who they think they are and what their self image is. And, and when they try and take the leap, their body and, and it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable for them because it's outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I think you can't, I mean, your body will literally try and pull you back if you're not used to going outside of your comfort zone. And I, I, I make it a habit of, for myself to like push myself past that comfort zone. Yeah, man. I tell you what, that is so unbelievably huge. Uh, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this, and uh, for some reason in my life, pain, the word pain comes up a lot because pain mm-hmm. is usually seen, pain and fear, right? They're usually seen as these things that are. You know, stay away from those. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in fear. Those are bad. But when you can when you can switch that and then understand that like pain and fear are signals. They're neither good nor mm-hmm. bad. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a signal that mm-hmm. you're doing something that you're not comfortable with. Your body's not comfortable with it. Your mind's not comfortable with it. Uh, and it, it is. It, it's it's like physical and and mental pain. Whenever you're becoming this past uh, you know almost two years now for me. I've had I've gone through a lot of mental pain, anguish, and stress, and I'm sure you have as well uh, throughout your journey. Uh, and and whenever I 
get beat down whenever I'm exhausted or whenever I'm just like burnt out. And I think like, man, like what the hell am I doing? I remind myself this pain's a good thing. This pain means I'm growing. It means I'm changing. It means that, like uh-huh. you said, you're, you're doing something that other people aren't out there willing to do. Uh, they may try to mm-hmm. do it. They they get that feeling, that that, that intense feeling of, of pain or fear or frustration or whatever that might be, and that's when they back off and they mm-hmm. quit. And uh, I, I don't know for you personally, but I my goal on this podcast is at some point in time to get Ty Lopez on here because I want to talk to him about what he's done throughout uh, mm-hmm. you know his life and what he's taught in, in, in his courses and you know people have taught him that you have to see somebody else who has done it, and then you have to like you have to listen to mentors, whether they're in person or if they're you know over the internet, if they're in books. Uh-huh. You have to remember like what they've done and what they've gone through, and they've gone through similar experiences and they've pushed through. And when they did, they had those huge breakthroughs. And right whenever you're about to give up, right when you feel like you're at your it's at, at its worst, when things you feel like are falling apart, that's usually right around that corner is the breakthrough. Right around that corner is when things mm-hmm. start to really turn around and. You just have to uh-huh. you have to experiment with that. You have to try that and realize like I'm uh-huh. at this point, and if I can get if I can get past this point, what's going to happen? And once you do that enough times, and you notice that like oh it was just it was just stress, it was just my fear of moving forward, it uh-huh. was my my wherever my mental state was holding me back. You can get past that point. You have some sort of breakthrough that launches you into another. Uh, you know, just an, another strata of where your your life is going, where your business is going, where your family is going, uh, anything like that. Uh, for you, I, just for a second, want to talk about Ty. Like, did you go through the sixty-seven steps? Was that a piece of your journey in this, or how did you find out about him? So it was, it was actually a really interesting period of time in my life. Um, so my father, you know, passed away last last year. I was in a relationship for you know close to ten years with a a girl, you know, a girlfriend. And, you know, things kind of sputtered out and I did some things and, and caused some pain in her life. And, you know, we ended up splitting up. And that was it was right before the 10X conference at uh, Grand Cardone's. And it was this year. It was in 2018. It was well, last year, I guess. Uh, last year in, in February. And I really didn't know much about Ty. I honestly didn't. I, I mean, I, I think I've heard of him. I mean, you know, I probably got advertised by him or something like that, you know. Uh, but other than that, really didn't know much about him. And he spoke on stage and when he spoke, I was like, you know, I think I'm just gonna give it a shot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open to everything at this point. My life was kind of in shambles and, you know, I'm like, I need to make some changes in my life. And, you know, I really kind of connect to his message of it's not just about, you know, the money, right. It's about living the good optimal life and, and living all those pieces, those foundational pieces. And it's really kind of changed my mindset on, you know, just for a lot, a lot of times I was so concerned about what other people thought of me and, and my success per se, you know, I was doing it, you know, for the fact of other people's opinion of me and, you know, going through going, you know, after seeing Ty, you know, and, and I, then I eventually bought into his mastermind group and all that stuff. And I've, since then I have went through the 67 steps and I went through it probably three times. And it's such a good course because it's, it's everything's about your mentality and, you know, if you have the wrong mentality of, of what life is about, and most of the time we are taught that through the schooling system, the educational system is, is telling us that this is the pieces that we need to go to, but they never talk about the actual uh, emotional side of it, that the way that you'll feel going there. You know, they, there's nothing taught on how you're going to feel 
to get to where you need to be. And that's literally the only thing that actually matters. It's not about having the white picket fence. It has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with how you feel on the journey there. Mm -hmm. And if you do everything proper, and if you, and, and truthfully, if you do everything properly, you'll get there faster, you'll get there sooner, you'll make more money, and you'll live a better life. You know, and it's, it's such a crazy thing, you know, that, you know, we go at things, everything, I think the opposite way of what we're actually supposed to be doing it in, in the school system is just, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. In my opinion, I, I didn't really learn anything from it other than the fact that it's not right for me. You know, that's, that's pretty much what I learned. Yeah. I, I, there was this stat, uh, that 20%, only 20% of the population learn in the way the school system teaches. So only 20% of mm. people actually learn in that way and shape and form. And you know, I, I look at the school system like I don't it's not anybody's fault necessarily. It was designed at a different time and it's something it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like religion, it's kind of like government. It moves so slowly, it's so slow to change that you it's almost mm -hmm. like that's why I look at these online programs like learning online, especially when it comes to mm -hmm. anything involving uh, social media, anything involving uh, digital technology, you need to learn online because when you're learning that in school, that information mm -hmm. changes so quickly. By the time you graduate, you've probably already you're probably already behind the eight ball. And um, for sure, I, I think that uh, the way that things are going in school, it's just it's a shame. But uh, I think mm -hmm. the next twenty, thirty, forty years, we're going to see uh, society, at least a certain portion of society. I know for mm -hmm. my my son's four years old. I know. I'm thinking about like junior high. I'm like, do I even want him to go to junior high? Like he, he's four right, right now, but I'm thinking like, man, it's not, it's not the right place to be at. Like it, the atmosphere is bad. The teaching is bad. The teachers mm -hmm. aren't full time anymore. Just a bunch of different things about it. Don't make any sense. And when you look at online mm -hmm. programs and education, it's huge. So let's, uh, let's talk about mindset for a minute. I'm curious, since you said you have a crazy routine, what is your morning like? I love morning routines. I have a morning routine of my own that takes about 50 minutes to get through mm -hmm. every day. And if I don't do it, I just don't mm -hmm. feel right. So uh, what's yours like? Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So the first thing, the most important thing that really kind of changed my life was I stopped keeping my phone anywhere near me, mm -hmm. right? So my phone literally is in a different room and I, people are like, oh, that's so crazy. What if something happens? If somebody, literally if somebody needed you in the middle of the night, they can get you. You know, like your phone is, does not need to be next to you because it's a stimulant. And it'll, if you wake up in the middle of the morning or whatever, maybe you're going to want to look at it. So that's the first thing. Take that out of your room. Don't even have that near you. Okay. So obviously I wake up pretty early. I wake up at four in the morning. But the first thing I do when I wake up, I have, and this thing kind of changed my life, um, uh, it's called the five-minute journal. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Well, first, how do you wake up, though? What, do you have an old-school alarm clock? What are you using? So, actually, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, I have – it's called Wemo. It's it's a, a little electronic device that you plug into an outlet, yeah. and it will turn turn appliances off, on and off, you know, on a, a schedule. Uh -huh. So, I sleep with a, a pretty big – I sleep with a pretty big fan, you know, because I like the noise of the fan. And I have it set so the fan turns off at four in the morning and it wakes me up. So when the fan stops, you know, blowing on me, I just naturally wake up. Isn't that and wild? It's with kind it, of a smooth. It's so sorry, but it's so crazy with a sound machine. I think this is huge. This is important for everybody because I do the same thing, man. I have a sound machine. Mm -hmm. When when a sound machine is turned off, you don't need an alarm. That sound machine shuts off. Mm -hmm. You're awake immediately. Like it, it just works mm -hmm. like that. How do you, how do you spell Wemo? By the way, I'm look, looking that up. 
Yeah, W-E-M-O. <laughs> cool, man. All right, continue. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, after I wake up, I, you know, I, I write in this five-minute journal. And basically what it is is when you wake up, there's a good quote for, to start your day, a motivational quote. And then the first three things you do is you write down three things that you're grateful for. You know, and I write something down that literally is as small as like the sheets that I have on my bed, you know, the running water, you know, anything that's grateful in my life because it, tr- it transitions my day into just looking for things that I'm happy about mm-hmm. instead of starting the day in a hectic, in a hectic mode. Right. Um, and then, then after you write that down, you write three things you're grateful for. Then you write down three things that would make today great. And you just, you know, kind of plan out your day, nothing too specific, but just kind of, Hey, what, what, what would make today great? You know, is it even buying coffee for somebody else? You know, whatever it may be that would really kind of motivate you to do something better today. And then the last thing you write is you write a daily affirmation, you know, uh, you know, I am successful. I am happy. I am healthy, you know, things like that. So you just write those things down and it starts my day off in a good mode. And that only takes literally five minutes, but then I get out of my bed and I, turn my shower to cold, <laughs> literally as cold as it can get. And I'll go into the shower and I'll stand in there. And what I've been doing is I've been doing some breathing exercises while I'm in there to really calm my mind down to, to kind of not be just taking the pain and like fighting through it. And like, you know, but almost like accepting it and, and really slowing down my brain to, to, you know, let my, my brain actually do the thinking and then not let the old, you know, reptilian part of my brain kind of take over and, and just react. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, you know, I, I stay in there for a couple minutes, you know, and then after that I do some stretching and then a little bit of meditation. And then I go to the gym at around five. Um, but then after that I, I do some writing and then I, you know, I kind of do whatever is necessary for me to get done that first like three or four hours before I head into the office is so crucial for me. You know, like I'm so lucky where, you know, I don't, you know, have to be in the office and, you know, when it, on my schedule, right. It's my schedule. I can do whatever I want. That's the whole point of getting into business for yourself. Uh, but I know that having that peace of mind by myself in the morning is, is so important to me because I, I know that I can be easily affected by other people. And that's one of the things that I've, I'm working on right now is, is making sure that, I don't let other people affect me. Mm-hmm. You know, I need that time for myself. Yeah, super important, man. I mean, my gosh, it's it's crazy. Uh, that's that's powerful. So you're not even you're putting the first four hours of your day are all for you before you even hit work at eight a.m. You're putting those four hours mm-hmm. in to make sure that you're in the right state. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you follow Wim Hof at all? Do you know the Wim Hof method? Yep. Is that what you're yep. going through right now? Is that what you, have you gone through that? Yeah, I've done I've done Wim Hof. He's a he's an animal. Yeah, yeah. he is some good stuff for sure. Definitely. I mean, I, the, I do the same thing with the cold showers. I do about well, I, I do one minute shower. That's it. I, I try to get my showers done as fast as humanly mm-hmm. possible. So I usually do thirty minutes hot hot water, thirty minutes really cold water, and uh, I followed mm-hmm. the Wim Hof method for a while. But I I stretch out what I've been doing lately. Which um, if you're doing stretching in the morning, I mean. I stretch outside. We we both live in Pennsylvania, so it's cold in the winter time. You got a chance to get outside, and that cold air, it's just like cold water, right? It, uh, mm-hmm. you can't think of anything else whenever you're cold. It's like your brain blocks. You mm-hmm. literally can't those bad thoughts or whatever those negative morning thoughts are that might mm-hmm. come in. They're shut off because when mm-hmm. you're in cold, you don't have mm-hmm. a chance. Is that kind of where where you go when you're in the cold like that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just what it is. It, it really blocks off any kind of old thoughts, you know, like Ty talks about in a lot of his videos that we have this two million year old brain and that's our old like reptilian amygdala that, that really kind of attracts uh, natural animalistic instincts out of us. And if you can really calm that, calm that and suppress that and use our new brain, which is the neocortex in the front of your brain, uh, and that actually is the logical thinking brain, then you can become more aware of everything, you know, and actually grow. Because if you always act out of instinct, it's very difficult for you to grow because you're just doing the things that people did two million years ago, right? And and letting yourself actually evolve is, is the, the main thing of why I do, do it, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, a guy who mentors me, uh, Ray Overdorf, he's been on two previous podcasts. He, one thing that he told me that's always stuck with me is that we have uh, approximately like 80,000 thoughts per day, okay? 90, mm -hmm. 99% of those thoughts are old thoughts, right? So you, usually you're mm -hmm. having old thoughts. And how, how else are you going to get new thoughts into your brain besides learning from new people, right and, and and venturing out and that's where that that pain and some of that fear comes from is like trying new things and you know making sure that you're mm -hmm. branching out and and getting new thoughts into your head um what about for you as far as that where do you usually get like new thoughts from who's usually inspiring you or like pushing you to move forward besides uh Ty Lopez um it, as far as what you're reading or who you're listening to what 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 have you been into lately or who has helped you the most yeah so i mean Ed Milet, do you know who Ed is? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Ed's just like, he, he's so powerful because he speaks from who he is. You know, you can tell that's who he is, and it's just like, it's so powerful. He's just a very inspiring person. So Ed, if I'm ever trying to get pumped up and actually, like, motivate myself a bit, you know, Ed, Ed is great. And then uh, I just finished this book by uh, Joe, Joe Dispenza. Uh, it was called evolve your brain and it's really really interesting it just kind of gives you the full neural breakdown of how your brain works and and how you can actually transform all of your thoughts into what you actually picture your your life to be um and it, it all comes and starts with your head and your brain and, and w once you stop triggering the animalistic things and actually think uh logically and, and advance your thinking through different thoughts right um but yeah i mean I'm always trying to learn something new and just know that I don't know much. Right. And, and continuously learning things, but it, that what, what learning does is it allows you to be more confident to take action because you, you, you know, I know so many people that are so much smarter than me, but you know, I guess if I were to judge them on, you know, happiness and success, I would imagine that they're not nearly as successful as me. Right. Uh, because they don't take action on what they learn. You know, they, they get all this knowledge in, but they, they're afraid to take action. And, and really nothing becomes unconscious and habitual until you take action. And that's how you integrate new ideas and new thoughts into your life is, you know, you, you learn, you, you know, you have to learn from you know, experts and I, I read books constantly. Um, and you have to basically implement whatever you learn. And then hopefully after repeated uh, implementation, it becomes unconscious and that just becomes a new way of who you are. Uh, and that's basically my kind of process of, of when I want to learn something new. I'm like, I know it's going to be difficult because it's going to push me into believing something I didn't know before, but then I have to implement it into my life until it becomes an unconscious habit. Yeah. 
I was just talking to a girl today, and she was asking me. She started this um, nonprofit company for kids with childhood cancer. Uh, So she has like a clothing Mm. line behind it, and she was asking me about video and stuff like that, and like because she wants she's very shy, very introverted, really uncomfortable on video, and she was asking me like what, Mm. how do you get more comfortable? Because I was never uh, that comfortable either, and I I told her, I mean, it's Uh it's literally just consistency. It's just doing it. You don't mm-hmm. even need to release the videos, mm-hmm. but you need to record yourself on video like every single day mm-hmm. and just practice yeah. because whenever you start speaking, like it's just, you know, when, when somebody says, well, I could never do this or do that. Well, the only reason you can is because you haven't been doing it, you know, and, and you're probably not going to mm-hmm. be great at it at first, but you put, it's like the 67 steps, those 67 days, those, those, uh, mm-hmm. two or three months that you put in are going to change mm-hmm. that they're going to begin to change little habits then those 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 two or three months turn into six months that turns into 18 months by the time you mm-hmm. hit 18 months if you've been doing something consistently you're going to be pretty damn good at it mm-hmm. around that that mark Certainly. and um i, I think yeah. that like people think like well that's not possible that's not, i used to think that wasn't true I, that's what i used to actually i used mm-hmm. my, my wife used to tell me like i could change the way i i think and i'm like i can't this is my brain i can't change the way i think that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense uh, but mm-hmm. it's that's because, who I am, right? That's who I am. Exactly. We identify as this person. We're not that person at all. With these thoughts, and, and you, I want to hit on meditation here. Like we assume these thoughts we're having are our own thoughts. We have billions of thoughts flying through our head. We're just grabbing a hold of the ones that we've dug in the deepest. We've rode those one out, those mm-hmm. thoughts out the longest, and we've we've stuck with those the longest. So those ones to us are true. And, um, tell me about your meditation journey. How long have you been doing that for? Because that's something that I've been doing for several years. And, uh, I'm going through this amazing course right now by this guy, Michael Singer. It's incredible. And Mm. it's really, it takes a while to get to the point where you can start to see your thoughts instead of like grabbing them. You're like, Oh, there they are. Mm. They're not actually me. Mm -hmm. They're just options. What, what stage are Mm -hmm. you at? How did you get into it? Tell me your uh, journey through that. So I'm still I'm still a newbie. I'm, I'm a very 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 newbie on the the meditation side. I, I still struggle with it, but I know the benefits that come with it. So I'm still in the beginning stages of trying to find myself and, and allow my thoughts to not be so overwhelming. Because I knew that you know over the last 30 years of my life, like I would be overwhelmed by emotions and all the thoughts that were triggering throughout my my day. And I'm like, man, why is this? And I now that's once I started learning that, oh, this is actually because of neurochemicals being transferred through your brain from unconscious thoughts. Like, but you can actually change that through meditation. You know, I was like, wow, I'm, I guess. So now I, I, I educated myself. I learned it. But now I'm, I'm in the process of like, it's difficult right now. It's tough. You know, it's like, this is something new. Like, oh, it's not working. It's not working. But you know, you have to keep doing it. You have to keep repeating it and you have to keep trying. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, I know uh, the end goal will be that, you know, I'll be able to handle these thoughts much better. And, and I think that's the belief that you have to have is like when this new thing and I, and I, you, you look and you say, okay, well, these people that are doing this meditation, you know, it can't be just not working if everybody's doing it, you know, like why would it, why would it not work for me? Right. So, I am starting to see the success from it, but you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how it's helped you. Cause that's, I mean, it's something like I'm, I'm very interested in for sure. Yeah. So I started with the headspace app, 
um, Andy Pudicombe, mm. the Headspace app. Just I, I, I subscribed to that for three years straight. So I did that. Uh, I well, I tried to do it every day. I mean, at least at least ten minutes a day. I usually got in, you know, more than that. Um, but I think that the crazy thing about meditation is I, I I suggest Headspace just because it's it's pretty inexpensive, and he is he is a master. Like he is so good, and his voice is so sure. soothing, and the and the the programs he takes you through in that app are. Uh, the life changing. I mean, I've gone through some stuff in there that I've, you know, I feel like I've had some pretty major breakthroughs, but also at the same time, you don't really notice it that much. I'd say the first year of meditation, I didn't really notice much of a difference. I didn't notice myself changing uh, because it's not very, it's not like obvious. It's not like weightlifting. Like when you hit that, you know, you, uh-huh. you look at your before and after pictures of a, of a year later, you can see uh-huh. a difference. Like meditation, you just, you start to notice that things are slowing down. So maybe that like you're not, you're not grabbing onto emotions as fast. You're recognizing uh-huh. feelings pop up. You're, you're just, you, you just start to, uh, you start to slow down, I guess is the best way to put it. And that for uh-huh. me was the most important thing because my brain can, I think I have a hyperactive brain, but I had a lot of negativity in my brain. So I was hyperactive on negative things. Uh-huh. And it, it's not that I had to be that way. It's just I have to kind of, it's like peeling an onion. Like you're just peeling layers off. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I think, and this might sound, uh, <laughs> this, this might demotivate some people, but I didn't really have any real, uh, what I would call breakthroughs in meditation for at least two years. And that's just me personally. I don't know if some people probably would progress a lot faster than that. Uh, but for me, it just it took a long time for for uh, things to finally sink in and to and to use the practice in the right way. Like I was meditating at night, like, and then I read um, by the book uh, by John Kabat-Zinn, um, "Where Wherever You Go, There You Are," which is a great book on meditation. And he talks about you know you want to meditate in the morning and in the evening. Try to do. 15 to 20 minutes in the morning, 15 to 20 minutes at night. I don't always get those in, but I always do the morning one, especially like I don't do it right when I wake up. I do it before I'm about to work. So before I'm about to actually do Mm. physical work in the morning, I'll do 10 to 15 minutes of meditation because I know as soon as I start going, I'm not going to stop, right? I'm not going to be like, well, now I can stop and meditate. Like I want to get that in immediately. And I've noticed Mm -hmm. through doing that, that my day just, whenever I do it, my day is smoother. Whenever I don't do it, my day is a lot more difficult to handle. And I also know um, yeah. that here's a cool one. And this is one that, so I have a lot of back pain. Um, I just have uh, back issues. And I do this, I just sit, just sitting in the meditative pose hurts me. It hurts my back to sit in that pose. So I used to, I used to just do lake meditations, which is just laying on the floor flat and meditating that way, which can be very nice. Uh, but I started doing the seated meditation and then instead of running away from the pain, whatever that pain is, I would, I would, I would gently set my focus on it and gently set my focus on that pain. Mm. And as I was meditating, I would get deeper and deeper into that spot to where I'd finally get to where that, at least what I would feel in my mind, I finally got to that place where that pain was. And when I got there, it didn't hurt anymore. It was like, it would Mm. like my body would create all of these phantom pains to try to, det- to, mm-hmm. to try to detract me from where the real pain was. But when I finally got there, which mm-hmm. might take 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes sometimes to get to that spot, but when I would get there, I would be at such mm-hmm. a place of peace because that's like the idea of focus, right? It's so hard. For me, focus has been a mm-hmm. big issue. And 
that kind yeah. of that meditation taught me like to focus on like a pain point man you can really you can mm. focus so hard on that because it is so obvious it's 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 sticking out like a sore thumb so when you dial in on it uh it can help you to yeah. that and that fo- that focus you can learn through that is something you can use in many mm. other aspects of your life mm-hmm. but uh, just one more point on this is this guy michael singer um i would the, the tony robbins podcast if you uh listen to tony robbins he has had the episode he had on recently was tony robbins his wife uh, and this guy, Michael Singer and Mike, Mickey Singer, I guess they also call him. He is a meditation master. Uh, he's a guru and, uh, they had an amazing podcast. Check that out. And then it, I'd buy his course. Mm. I bought his course. It was like 200 bucks and I'm about halfway through it right now. And dude, it is, ch- it's changing. I, I can tell mm. like just from listening through it on the first listen through or the first watch through of the videos, mm. It's changing my brain. It's changing the way I look at my life. And you were talking about being grateful. Like mm. he breaks down gratefulness as, you know, even like nothing that you have, you like you didn't make anything that you have. Like like my clothes. Mm. I didn't make my clothes. I didn't make this desk. I didn't mm-hmm. make this webcam. I didn't make this microphone. You didn't make your house. You, maybe some people did, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but you didn't make your car. You didn't make the world. You didn't make air. Like you can be grateful for literally everything because you didn't do anything yeah. to make it happen besides like being mm-hmm. successful and making money and maybe making the right choices here and there. Um, besides that, like everything is just kind of there as a gift. And, um, that's one of the big things he focuses on. And that, that's kind of just over the past month has changed the way I've been looking at things when I get frustrated or angry. It's like, dude, I, I'm just here experiencing life. I'm just experiencing it. It's happening yeah. to me. I mean, it's happening for me. It's not happening to me. So it's just things, things are happening yeah. and I can just, I should enjoy those things. I should take advantage of them and, and get the most out of them and make sure I'm helping others along the way as well and, and help them experience a better life because uh, all these things are just kind of here for us to take advantage of. You know, they're here for us to, to benefit right. from. So um, that may be a long-winded answer to your question, but <laughs> I would no, say that was, that was good, dude. That 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 in the book, the un, his book is the Untethered Soul. So the book's the Untethered Soul, and mm-hmm. I think the course is the same thing. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, but so you go through your morning. Let's talk about work. Like, what do you like whenever you get to work? What's your mindset like at work? How did how how has it changed from the past? to where you're at now mm-hmm. right so like when you were just before you started being an entrepreneur before you started this insurance business to where you're at right now like what are the major differences and how are those differences uh you know beneficial yeah so pretty much when i first started like it was the scariest thing of my life because you know i was not really that motivated of a guy you know uh i went to college because i thought that's what people did you know i went to you know, got it. You know, I went to get a job. That's because what people did, but you were kind of like forced into that. And like, you know, you, you had to go or you get fired. Right. Yeah. Well, when I first started selling insurance, like well, I was an independent contractor and nobody was going to fire me, but I was working purely on commission and I didn't make any money unless I went and started working and started knocking on doors. And that's what we did. Like we literally went and knocked on doors and helping people. And I was like, man, this is the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. But I had a chip on my shoulder that I was like, you know what? I can do this. And 
it was so scary. And I, you know, I literally, I remember the first day I knocked on like, you know, 15 doors and nobody would talk to me. And then it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sweating. I'm in a, you know, old 2002 Honda Civic with no air conditioning, you know, roll, roll up windows. Yeah. I'm sweating into the middle of July, middle of July, you know, and I'm like, Oh my God. So I go up to this house and I, I don't know if this, to this day, I, I can't remember. I mean, I, this guy might've just sold, bought something to make me feel better about my day or whatever. Right. But like I, I sold something the very first day that I was out there and oh, wow. it built some confidence in myself, you know? And then after that, I was like, you know what? I can do this, right? I can do this. And then after that, it's just getting a belief and start doing it and repetition and repetition. And then now, now I have such a built a good knowledge base. And when I was first starting, you know, like it, you know, it's something so new and I didn't, I wasn't that great at it, but now it's like I become so in tune and such a master of this one niche mm -hmm. that my confidence is so high that I know my service is so beneficial to the people that I help that it's, it's almost like a force in me that I know that I, I have to help them. And if they don't let me help them, they're like, then they're losing out. So it's, it's this belief in, you know, you and your ability to serve. And that's where it kind of changes and it, it changes your mindset and your perception of, of what you're actually doing. So that's why now it's like, it's so easy for me to know that, you know, whether it's with my clients that I'm helping or, you know, one of some of my, you know, agents that I'm helping, you know, I know that I can help them because I've been through it. I've knocked on 10,000 doors, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done it. And I have such, I have knowledge now, you know, on that. And, and that's kind of the difference of the transition period that, you know, like Maxim Gladwell talks about like the 10,000 hours, you know, and, and Ty talks about the 10 dark years, all that stuff. Yeah. But it is, it's like people want, people want the success right away. They see the, they see the end, you know, end uh, journey of the journey and all the, all the accolades that come from it. And I know, I know it means I'm I there, but like they don't know the journey that it took to get there. And it, the journey is actually what makes it better too. Like it sucks when you're in it, but like when you're doing it, it sucks. But like when you get through it, you're like, oh man, I get to tell these stories. You know, I get to tell all the, the things that I went through and it, it makes you a better person because if somebody just handed you everything, you know, I know a lot of people that have been handed things and they're just miserable beings because they have no purpose. They have no, they have no fulfillment. They have nothing to actually show for it in their own being. Uh, and, and that's kind of the difference now is like, I've, I've done the success for myself how can I give back now? And that's where I get the most motivation is, is helping other, I guess, want to be entrepreneurs, maybe that are starting out that don't know where to begin that I, I truly believe the insurance business is such a great model because it, you learn so much about yourself. You know, you, you're forced to go out there and you're forced to put yourself out there. Like nobody's going to pay you for you just being you, mm -hmm. you got to become better. You, you got to deserve what you get. Right. And like, I didn't make more money until I became better and I deserved what I got. And that was from hours of knowledge, you know, hours of studying, hours of being better, hours of knocking on doors. You know, this is, this is what it comes down to. It's like that, that's the different mentality of like the industrial age where, okay, Hey, go, go to school, get a job. And then, you know, you have generalized knowledge that everybody else has. And now you're basically just a pusher, you know, okay, I'm just going to push this button and, and then I get a paycheck, but what do you really worth? You know, and that's not what the human experience is about. You know, the experience is about you growing and, and pushing yourself to actually be better. 
Um, so that's what I think the insurance business is, is, has taught me a lot about me as a human being and me as an entrepreneur that just gave me confidence in that, Hey, I'm worth whatever I'm worth because that's because of me. It's not because of anybody else is telling me I'm worth X. Right. So that when you can, when you can go through that and learn that self-confidence and, and identity in yourself, I think that's the most important thing with anything. That's why I'm, I'm very excited about being able to teach people that path, you know, because it's all about a skill set. You need to have some type of skill set and you have need to have a good mindset. And if you have two of those things, you, your life will be fine and you can always learn new skill sets. But that's, that's kind of my, my passion. Boy, man, I, I'll tell you, and you're so right, like when it comes to the, <clears throat> you know, when you can finally turn what you've learned around and start to teach people that, like that is the most powerful thing you can possibly do. And I think that's kind of the, when we all like talk about like purpose and that sort of thing, like people think of insurance, I mean, it sounds boring, number one, you always think of like scammy insurance agents who are trying to, you know, rip people mm-hmm. off or whatever that might be. There's a lot of stigma that comes along with that. Uh, and it's nice to 100%. hear. It's nice to hear your story of like because you're helping elderly people, you know, in the twilight of their life, which is sometimes the most difficult part because they may not have saved up enough money, they may not have the the, mm-hmm. the, the retirement they need to actually, uh, and they may have a lot of health issues. And uh, yeah, the fact that you can confidently say that what you are selling them is going to help them. And, and that you yep. know what you're talking about. because And I struggled with this when I first started the social media marketing agency through Ty. Uh, I mean, I knew social media for myself. Like, I knew, like, what I was doing with it when it was tied in with radio. But when I started to learn how to market it and, like, learn for other people, like, what to do and, like, how to help a, a restaurant, how to help a gym, how to help a chiropractor, like, how to, how to help a, a car mm-hmm. outlet... Um, at first, I felt I felt kind of scammy. I felt like because I didn't know everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew some stuff, but I didn't mm-hmm. like have a a clear cut idea in my head of like this is exactly how I'm going to help these people. And even if I did have that idea, mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was going to work or not. So now that I'm almost two right. years into it, like I know for sure if I go in and consult with somebody and give them this plan, which I you mm-hmm. can really take a certain there's a certain plan you can use when it comes to social media. You can kind of copy and paste the different industries, and it's it's gonna work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the content's gonna be different, but the ideas are gonna it can say the same because it's gonna work. Um, that's when you really mm-hmm. start to build confidence because you know that when you go in there and you can you can charge what you charge, and you feel confident in what you're charging because you know mm-hmm. that this stuff is actually going to benefit somebody, and it, and you have mm-hmm. had it benefit yourself or benefit other people in the past, and that's the biggest thing, man. You're you're you, like you nail it on the head with that because. I think a lot of people jump into things and I have friends like this though. They'll, they'll start new jobs and then they'll start talking about this new job. Like it's the greatest thing that's ever existed. And they'll, they'll start preaching it to everybody and they're trying to get everybody on board. Uh, and, and I think like, man, you've been doing this thing for like a couple of months. Like, even though you probably, mm-hmm. you're probably learning from somebody who does know what they're talking about. And, and, and it's, it's not there's nothing right. wrong with having the confidence in that, but like you got to put the time in. You got to put the work in, and those, mm-hmm. those ten thousand hours—that's not easy to come by. Like when you get those ten thousand hours, mm-hmm. dude, everything changes. And and and, and mm-hmm. as far as your your skill level and your expertise and just your people can sense that they can pick up on that. And uh, I think some people maybe can't mm-hmm. pick up on something 
quickly whenever like somebody pretends they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. It seems like anymore, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, I can pick up on it better, but I can sense when somebody knows what they're talking about and when they're just blowing a bunch of smoke. And, uh, yeah. there's, and if they're, they're actually living it, right? Yeah. And they're actually living it too. So how do you live that? Like, I, what is your, I guess here's another question I wanted to ask. So one of the issues I always deal with is, is knocking out negative thoughts, man, because negative thoughts come in all the time. What do mm-hmm. you do when those thoughts come in? What are they for you? Those, those general negative thoughts mm-hmm. you get and like, how do you knock them out and, and move past them? You know, I think the, the biggest thing that I deal with is like this imposter syndrome, you know, of like, who, who am I to help people? Who am I to tell people that they can be successful? And, you know, it's a very, I, I found this as prevalent with anybody that's a, like a high achiever. They, they kind of have this like imposter syndrome because we always want more, mm-hmm. right? We always think we, we should be doing better. We should always be doing more. We should always get more. We should be giving more, you know, all this stuff. And, and it, we, I feel like I'm an imposter. Like, who am I to give this information to? Who am I to do this? And the way that I've kind of thought about it is, and, and get, getting over it is I, I put myself in the position because I know, I, I always want to surround myself with very high achieving people. So it pulls me up and it pulls my thermostat up. Right. But you know, what I've realized is like, sometimes I have to go in and see, you know, how the majority of people live and how they think and how they actually act and think, man, I, I, I'm pretty good. And my life's pretty good. I'm so grateful for everything that I have and everything that I know. And I can help these people that are struggling. And it's like, once you start changing the perception of it's not about me, it's about who the people below me that may benefit from what I actually know. And you come from a place of service. And then that kind of changes my trigger of of negativity that's going through my own head of like, Oh, you're not here yet. You're not here yet. But when you think about it as like, Oh, I'm not here yet. That's such a selfish, it's a selfish mindset because you're thinking about you. Mm -hmm. I'm not here yet. I'm not where I need to be. I'm not there. But then if you come and say, okay, well, I can help this person because they don't know this or they don't know this and I can actually help them, then it, it kind of, that's what helps me kind of transition my thoughts on it. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. I, I, those battling those thoughts, when you can change it and switch it around and focus on somebody else, that's when it gets really powerful. That, that's one of it, it definitely is that that's the best way to do it for sure. To focus on others instead of yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so what's this look like for you? So in the future, man, like wh- what are you building? What are you moving towards? Because it sounds like, you know, being able to go out there and, and obviously help uh, the elderly with, with uh, insurance, that's huge. But when you're talking about helping entrepreneurs and, and, and doing that, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like for you? What do you, what do you have in mind? So yeah, my idea, my, what I found out, you know, like is just becoming very self-aware of like what you enjoy doing and what you actually are passionate about. And that's why, you know, I reached out to you and we were chatting and I thought it'd be great to come on here because I, I really want to get my message across about, you know, having some type of proper mindset that we're not taught. Right. Because I went through this and I, I, I knew that I knew the highs and the lows, especially nowadays with such, you know, so much following on social media and Instagram and Facebook and, and like the suicide rate is so high. And one of my best friends actually, passed away just two months ago from a suicide because he was a very successful man and he couldn't get over his depressed, depressive thoughts that he wasn't good enough. Right. And I think with social media and everything like that, it's, it's very, 
we're, we're dictating our own thoughts off of other people's opinions of our own, our own things. Right. And, you know, my whole message is, is to be able to build confidence in yourself by doing things that other people won't do. And that's my whole message. And I want to speak to that to a lot of people and, and whether it's, you know, getting them started in, in the insurance business or whether it's just motivating, you know, students at schools and colleges, like I picture myself down the road to be, you know, a speaker. Like that's what I'm, I'm passionate about is, is getting my message across, getting my mindset across because I luckily learned at an early age that it all comes down to confidence and it all comes down to not doing what the herd does. You know, it's doing what you want to do, but not letting other people dictate what you actually truly believe you are. And, and that's really, really where my path's going. You know, I do want to create this course and this education course specifically on people that want to get into to making money and, and getting their mindset right and having a good skill set. And I'm so passionate about that. But, you know, the main thing is like, that's a part of it. You know, that's part of it. I think I, think I really want to be able to motivate people just to change their mindset in general. And, and know that they can do that. And, and it's really up to you, you know, to be able to do it. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. I think that, uh, fitness, which you're, you're, you're big into fitness. We got to wrap this up here shortly, but I, I want to touch mm-hmm. on like yeah. when, it, when it comes to fitness is so important and not just because like you want your body to look better or you, mm-hmm. you it, it changes, mm-hmm. it changes the chemicals in your brain. It'll it, like Tony Robbins always talks yeah. about, you need something that's going to change your state. And, and having a good yeah. fitness routine will change your state. So how did that happen for you? Like when did you develop the, that and how does that like play into your life? Yeah. So I think like a lot of people, it, it all comes from some type of pain in their past or some type of emotion. Right. And I was the youngest, uh, I'm the youngest child of, of three. I have an older brother and older sister and my brother who's like one of my best friends. Now I'm actually going to be the best man in his wedding, you know, but when I was growing up, he was a year older than me. And he was a big football player and all of his best friends were football players or big guys. And I was this scrawny, I mean, I don't think I had puberty until like 11th, 12th grade of high school. So like all my adolescent years, you know, I was so skinny, I was so small. And I, I played soccer, I played volleyball, all these like, you know, kind of girly sports and these big football players. But, you know, not like that. They picked on me, but I look at it as like they were, they trained me to be who I am now. So, like, I'm not mad at them for whatever they did when they yeah. picked on me or bullied me or whatever it may be. Like, it's the way you perceive what happened to you. You know, some people could have held that in and been like, oh man, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. These people take, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, but they, they picked on me to make me stronger. So now I was able to handle that. And now, when I got into college, I was like, you know what? I can start working out. I can start lifting weights. I can start improving my, my health, my physique. And, you know, it started out. I think we all, you know, we start out with something and you have to have some type of motivation. And the motivation to me was to, to be like, you know, I want to be a little bit bigger. I want to be stronger. I want to be able to kind of handle myself. And then after that, it's like, okay, I feel better. And I feel confident with myself just because of doing that alone. Like, and I found out, you know, recently that, it's not all about vanity. It's about living a healthy life, mm-hmm. but it's also being able to build the build the confidence in yourself to do that extra rep when you tell, you know, tell yourself to, and it, it comes down to like making that promise to yourself and then keeping it and doing a little bit more than what you said you were going to do. And, and in the gym, it's very easy to do that because, you know, Hey, I got three sets to do 12, you know, 12 reps each. And then I'm just going to do 13, you know, or 14, and that's just little things that you can actually keep yourself accountable for. And it's, it's much easier to, to really build that confidence in yourself because it's, 
it's something so tangible. Like mm-hmm. you can see it. Like I know I did 14 sets, you know, I, or 14 reps. Like I know that. And it's something that it's so, it's not only best, you know, good for your physical, you know, side of it, but your mentality is so important with it. Um, and it, it is changing your state. It changes your state to be a better person. Right. And there's so much science out now that just, it's, it's ignorance if you're not working out or, or taking care of your body. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. pretty much what it comes down to now. Yeah. It's boy, dude. So I've been doing, uh, it's, it's a form of yoga called DDP yoga. So DDP was diamond Dallas page old professional wrestler from back mm-hmm. in the nineties. And, and like I said, I have a lot of back and shoulder pain. So like, man, that program, when I, when I do DDP yoga, like every time I do it, my body, I can feel my body. Cause I, I, going back, my dad was a, my dad was a, a bodybuilder back in the seventies actually won Mr. Altoona, the city I live in twice back in the seventies. So, um, I didn't grow up with him though. My, my, my little brother did. My little brother's seven and a half years younger than me. And my little brother was like stronger than I was. And he was seven and a half years younger than I was. So I'm like, man, I got to start lifting weights. So I lifted weights for about a decade and then I got into yoga and, um, cause lifting weights it can definitely give, it, it gives you euphoria. It definitely gives you it makes your body feel good. When I got into yoga, though, man, and I'd finished like a DDP yoga workout, it's like my body would thank me. It'd be like, "Thank you for doing this," it, because it just you could feel mm-hmm. like you, you just you're releasing so much tension and so much stress mm-hmm. and things that you don't even know what are in there. Like, and I, if I get angry, like if I feel like I'm having an irritated kind of day, I'll think like, "When's the last time I worked out?" And it usually has been a couple mm-hmm. of days. I'm like, "Shit, it's been three days since I worked out." And I'll go do a workout, and mm-hmm. after 40 minutes, 50, 50 minutes, an hour, the, all those feelings are washed away. Like, they're just gone. And mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. so freaking important. Uh, there's just, like, there's, mm-hmm. it's hard to put into words, like, how important that is. And hopefully people out there, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people now work out more than, than, than we used to back in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, um, and work, working out smarter as well. And I think when... If you're mm-hmm. trying, if you're trying to grow yourself personally, if you're trying for personal development or business development, exercise has to be a part of it. It has to be. Yeah, uh, there's no sure. way around it. Uh, so, thanks, you man, Matt. Thank you for joining me. This has been an awesome podcast. I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to do this again in the future. We have a million more things that we could talk about. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, anything you want to say before well, thank you go? You're having me for sure. Yeah. How can people find if they if you want people to find you? Like if they want to talk to you or reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, maybe just uh, on on Facebook or Instagram. It's just my Instagram's Matthew M A T T H E W Petruso P E T R U S O. It's just at Matthew Petruso, and uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. If you want to get into insurance, if you want to just learn how to handle your mentality a little bit better, or if you want to learn anything about fitness and nutrition, I'm I'm kind of those are my three passions. So if you have any questions about any of that stuff, reach out, and I'll be more happy to talk to you. And I like your Instagram too, man. Your Instagram's all videos, and it's just you. You throw little nuggets <laughs> out there. Uh, that's is that something yeah, you just started I mean, doing? That, yeah, that, I mean that was something like your, you said about your friend. That was you know she didn't know how to get in front of a camera. I'm like, well, if I wanted to, if I want to start speaking to people, I better start speaking, right? right. So that's what <laughs> I did. I was like, you know, I was like, I just need to start speaking. And they're not, you know, they weren't great videos. And I don't think they're anything great, but it's like, it's me testing out myself and like getting comfortable behind the camera, being comfortable speaking and just being able to communicate properly. And, you know, you get better, you know, I'm not amazing at it by any means, but it's like, well, you don't get better by just hoping you're going to get better. Right. Yeah. So I just, I started doing it. Very cool, man. Yeah, check out your check out his Instagram because you're you're adding more content 
on there on a weekly basis, and I think a lot of that's really good information. Thanks for coming on again. I'll be seeing you soon uh, at 10X. I imagine you're going to 10X. Uh, yes, sir. All right, sweet. So <laughs> anybody listening to this, if you happen to be going to uh, Florida for 10X in February for Grant Cardone, uh, we might uh, be able to meet up there. But, dude, thanks a lot, and uh, have an awesome day. All right, you too, Rock. Good talking. Man, is that, that was a great conversation. Lots of nuggets in there for you to pull. Lots of information in there for you to pull from. I hope you dug that. Make sure you check him out on Instagram, Matthew Petruso, doing big things. And if, like I said, life and business coach, President of Benefit Advisors Insurance Group, Petruso Properties, founder of the Medicare Mentors, author of Medicare Made to Order. So he's done a lot in his life already. I think he's only 30 or 31, and he's got, you know, he's just getting started on, on brand new things, and I love to hear that. So uh, follow him on Instagram, follow his story, because he's going to do awesome things. And uh, I can't say enough about joining networking or masterminding groups. Uh, there's nothing more powerful than joining a group of people who have a like-minded ambition to uh, move forward, to grow, and to change. And that is really what those kind of groups are all about. That's how I met Matt. So I would advise anybody, uh, if you come across one of those, seek seek them out, find them, and and join them. Shout out to DDP Yoga, sponsor on the podcast, life-changing stuff. I cannot express it enough. DDPYoga.com. Check it out. Get the app on your phone, on your tablet, uh, and also to the LHTA Wellness Center in Evansburg, Pennsylvania. I, I hop into a sensory deprivation tank there once a week. If you're not in the central Pennsylvania area, find a sensory deprivation float tank in your area and check it out. LHTA Wellness Center. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening. It's so good to be back.